This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Holly Mueller, Senior Vice President and Chief Nursing Officer at Presbyterian Healthcare Services. Holly, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Laura. Now, I'm really looking forward to our conversation. I know it's definitely a dynamic time in the healthcare space, and certainly in your role as Chief Nursing Officer, you're seeing much of that and leading a very important clinical team. But before we dive into the broader discussion, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background. Sure. Um, I really consider it a privilege to be a registered nurse. I've been doing this for 30 plus years and started started out early on in my clinical career um, in neurology, caring for patients with traumatic head injury and spinal cord injury. And I just loved that work and also the opportunity to work with the interprofessional team and to just be part of that and to be able to, to care for patients and serve the organization in that capacity. Interestingly enough, my exposure to leadership started pretty early in my career, specifically to um, shared governance and professional governance. Um, The chief nursing officer of our health system brought in Tim Porter O'Grady, who's really well known in that space, and put this concept forward of what what would it look like if our direct care nurses and our interdisciplinary team were practicing with um, in shared governance and professional governance. And so I was really inspired and intrigued and really curious about what that would mean because in early in my career, like many clinicians, I started to experience barriers in my practice or things that I thought we could just do better for our patients as well as our caregivers. So I was really eager to learn more about that. And that is when my leadership journey began. I ended up leading the practice council for my um, unit and then eventually the practice council for our hospital. But then from there, I just really was, um, I really found mission and purpose in helping to lead teams and helping to get barriers out of the way and helping to make things make more sense and provide ease of use for our caregivers and make sure that that translated into excellent care for our patients. And from there, um, incrementally, um, was really blessed with a lot of different um, roles throughout my career. And then here I am today um, working in that senior leadership capacity for a health system. And once again, that goes back to just the privilege to serve because leadership is really about service and how you use that influence to care for your staff, to make sure that the care makes sense and that once again, that translates to our patients and the families to make sure that they get the very best health outcomes that we can provide. That's amazing to hear. And certainly, you know, such important work that you're doing there. And I love the idea of being able to focus and be inspired by building the teams in leadership and growing those who are um, coming up uh, within your team. So that's awesome to hear. From your perspective, what are your top priorities right now? What are you really focusing most of your time on? 
you know, my top priorities may be the same priorities that other healthcare executives have across the country, workforce, technology, and the well-being of our team. All of us are rebuilding our workforce post the pandemic. And perhaps the solutions we would use years ago um, would work really effectively, but things are much more complex. There's many more challenges um, in leading healthcare um, in, in health systems. So with that, it takes a variety of interventions, many levers that you have to pull in order to rebuild a dynamic, capable workforce um, to be able to care for our patients. I'm most excited about um, a gig workforce app that we are beginning to use and how that's connecting us to even more nurses in our state and helping to strengthen our workforce and fill scheduling gaps and, you know, reduce some dependency on contract labor, but still providing quality, safe, and accessible care for our patients and members. When it comes to technology, there's so many opportunities out there to be able to bring technology into the workforce and provide ease of use um, for our caregivers. So um, being able to do that and make sure that they can focus on their patients, um, have, you know, be working at top of license and be able to have less barriers in their work is super important. So whether um, it's virtual nursing or it's barcode medication scanning or it's AI technology, I mean, there's many different ways that we are doing that work right now, but that is a top priority and, once again, important to the ease of use for our staff as well as their retention and to make sure that their job um, makes sense. And that third one, well-being. You know, once upon a time, it used to be something that we all did on our own personal time, and maybe it wasn't part of something that we talked or supported at work. But um, I believe well-being is a differentiator um, in being an excellent healthcare system and um, to provide a work environment that helps our caregivers be able to do the, the wonderful, meaningful work that they do each day. So we have really um, advanced the offerings that we have for enhancing well-being and ensuring that our team can thrive in their work and once again, focus on the the, the meaning and the connection to purpose and um, and the things that really matter to them in providing safe, high-quality care. And that leads to retention of our talented and dedicated team. But those top three priorities, there are many priorities beyond that, Laura, but those three are the ones that are really getting the most attention and the most investment at this time. I love that. I think especially as you're talking through, you know, those workforce challenges, I know so many other executives and organizations are trying to do exactly what you are working on right now, making sure that you're taking care of your teams, retaining uh, great talent in, in boosting and supporting them with technology. And then the overall technology piece and well-being as well, it seems like um, it's just such an important aspect of fulfilling your mission um, within the workforce. And then they in turn are able to provide great patient care. And so, you know, I'd love to hear from your perspective too, how you see all of this evolving over the next two to three years or so. What do you really see as accelerating, being different, and, and where will we be um, over the next couple of years? Thank you, Laura. That, that's a really great question. You know, the most important thing is to be strategic about this. You know, although I lead nursing as a nurse executive, I'm looking at the entire organization. So, as I've um, put together a nursing strategic plan specifically for nursing to contribute um, to what we look like 
today and over the next few years, it's really important that that plan aligns with the enterprise-wide strategic plan. So that strategic plan includes looking at workforce, technology and nursing practice, leadership, how we engage with the community, well-being, of course, quality and safety, and also regulatory. So aligning our nurses throughout the entire enterprise, nursing being one of the biggest parts of the workforce and health systems, really being aligned in that work from, from the boardroom to the bedside and making sure that we have our our optimal competency and expertise and everything um, aligned so that we can be innovative and, um, and inspire our nurses and our team um, to, to align around that quality, safety, and care experience. I think that's super important. We can, we can put many different plans or try different things, but it has to be strategic and the, and the outcomes that we're shooting for have to be really clear and defined. You know, as a health system, value-based purchasing um, models of care are super important more than ever because we need to be able to make sure that the process in which we care for patients, whether it's in the hospital setting, the ambulatory space, makes sense for both the caregivers and our patients and promotes the right care at the right time, promotes access, and does so at the right price. So those sort of things are top of mind in providing um, clarity for our teams, strategic focus, and ease of use for our caregivers and how they do their work, as well as our patients, so that once again, they have, they have timely, appropriate access to the right care at the right time at the right price. Those things are top of mind and um, will help guide us forward over the next several years. That's amazing to hear. And certainly I, I love your thoughts and in, in strategy around making sure that you're aligning the team with um, those goals, whether it's value-based care, looking at the outcomes, making sure care is provided at the right place, right time. I think all of those things certainly seem like they'll move the um, whole health system in the right direction in, in a way that is truly beneficial for the healthcare providers as well as the patients and community. From your perspective, you know, when you're looking at all of this, um, how do you see the teams reacting to some of these changes um, in, in the way that maybe they've done things for so long? Are, are they pretty receptive to incorporating new technologies and philosophies on how uh, care is being done and delivered? Or does that take a little bit more of a um, thoughtful and mindful discussions and messaging around how things are changing? No, I, I love that you asked that. It's definitely a thoughtful conversation. You know, first we needed to help each other go forward from the pandemic, right? Everyone was personally and professionally affected in some way or touched by someone that they knew, loved, or cared about. And that shifted everyone's mindset, you know, put everybody off center a little bit. So the thoughtfulness and how to move people forward post-pandemic and aligning that with our strategic plan we're, we're starting to see great success with that. And the results are starting to show. Our turnover is coming down. Our engagement of our staff is going up. But the most important thing is that you give the staff an opportunity to be part of that plan and put their fingerprints on it and that you over-communicate and give them an opportunity to contrib- contribute to how we'll do this work together um, before it's fully baked. And 
you know, early on, I talked about shared governance being so influential in my career as an early careerist and, 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 and becoming a leader um, formerly in healthcare. And that is something that we focus on with, within the care of our staff as well, is to help them understand shared decision-making. So, you know, you have to be able to have those conversations and, and listen to our staff and listen to their feedback. And through that, those intentional, authentic conversations and engagement, now we all have, now we're all part of the plan you know, rowing the boat forward in um, the same direction. So I'm, I'm seeing that um, in our results and, um, and also in just the conversations as, you know, myself and others around on our team, you can hear that shift in how people talk about their work and that they're beginning to reconnect to their purpose again. And that all of these things that we've talked about together today, Lara, are beginning to really make a difference. And then that translates back to the great care for patients as well, because then the patients feel that shift in the culture and in the, in the environment, and that's good for their care as well. Amazing. I love that. And, and definitely um, can see how all of those things are interconnected. Uh, Before we wrap up our conversation, I'm wondering if you could talk about one change that you or your team has made that has yielded some great results. I am most proud of the work that we are doing right now on transforming our care model to improve both the patient's experience, their care experience, but even more importantly, the experience of our caregivers and reconnecting them to the meaning in their work. We have a model we call Compassionate Connected Care that helps us as leaders be more mindful about how to lead in a way that um, un- that breaks down the barriers for our staff and helps solve problems that get in their way and causes them stress or suffering or um, you know, just dismay and in how to be able to do the work at hand. So by um, listening attentively and making sure that we are really focusing on the well-being and the um, the needs of our team, that is an important part of this care model. And then from the patient standpoint, it's understanding that, you know, when someone is is hospitalized or they're getting care, you know, it's a new source of stress for them. So how do we really understand um, how to alleviate their anxiety and their questions and be really mindful of that? You know, in healthcare, we're knowledge workers. We have a lot of expert skills to be able to heal people and deal with their disease and and um, help optimize their health. But a really super important part of that is connecting with them and that human experience um, with care and to make sure that that is an equal part of how we care um, for our patients and for our staff. And when we are mindful of that, um, trust is heightened, engagement is heightened, and um, you know, people feel authentically cared for. So this care model is helping us to understand, first as leaders, how do we do that with our leadership? And then with our staff, how do they do that together um, within their teams and how they then um, use that care model to um, make those authentic connections, those compassionate connected connections with their patients and their families. So that is, um, just as important as the excellent clinical care that we provide and the great outcomes that we, that we work towards. But I think that is part of the, um, 
a really important transition. And once again, post-pandemic, I think it's even more meaningful than it ever would have been because we all experienced that degree of suffering as we went through the stress of the pandemic. So I think it's just ironic that this has all come together at this time and that we're going to be enabled to provide, you know, high quality, safe, reliable, but deeply compassionate, connected care for our patients and families and our staff. That's amazing to hear. Holly, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been such a fun and interesting conversation. I really learned a lot and I can imagine our listeners did too. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon. Laura, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk with you today. Thank you. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way. Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.